Church, today we're starting a brand new series. It's entitled Dangerous Prayers. And uh, this is a, a, a very important series that I really hope that you will make sure that you're going to be here for every single week the rest of this month. We're going to be talking about prayers. You know, a lot of times when we pray to God, we, we, we do the easy stuff, right? Well, like, God, thank you for the food and thank you for the day. And, you know, we, 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 we kind of make it really simple. But this whole month, we're going to be focused on dangerous prayers where, where you're asking God to do something. And it's kind of one of those things my dad always used to say, you better be careful what you ask for, Right. And it's asking God to move in a mighty way. Today we're going to be uh, talking about make me bold. That we're going to be praying to God to make us bold. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 says this. It says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Church, I'm going to ask you all a question right now. This is going to be I want you to participate today a little bit. I'm going to ask you a question today, and, and I hope I already know what this answer is, but how many of you believe in the power of prayer? Raise your hand. You believe in the power of prayer. That makes me happy, all right? I'm glad you're here today. How many of you would say that, yes, I do believe in the power of prayer, but you also believe that you could pray more consistently and with a stronger faith. You don't have to raise your hand on that one unless you want to. You can be bold if you want to. You know, it's funny that we as followers of Jesus Christ, we know that we have access. The Bible says we have access to go boldly before the throne of grace, right? We do. We have access to the throne room, that God hears our prayers, that he is moved by our faith and what we're praying for him to do. And yet so often... Our prayer life can be inconsistent, it can be haphazard, and sometimes it can even be faithless in the ways that we pray. And so I want you to think about that this morning. Why do you think that is? My theory for maybe a lot of us is that even though we really do love God and we honor God, a lot of people don't feel like they are good prayers at all. Like, I'm not good at that. You know what I'm talking about? That you're just not good at praying that way. And some people, you got some people who are really, really good at that. You ever know someone that's just like, a, you're like, wow, they can really pray, right? And you feel that like when you're in a group setting and you guys are praying together, have you ever had someone pray that fantastic prayer and you're like, whoa, that just blows my mind right there. And then you're like, now I don't even want to pray out loud. <laughs> because what we do is we compare ourselves. We get that little bit of prayer envy. And have you ever been around someone, that, you know, somebody that's that like professional prayer, you know who I'm talking about, right? And, and they're so good that God's kind of like, going, ooh, that's a good prayer right there, right? God's looking at it. And you know, if they're quoting scripture in their prayer too, then it's worth more points to God or something. That's the way we kind of look at it, Right? And you get together, and that person says, hey, let's get together and pray. And you're like, yeah, no thanks. I'll pray by myself, right? You can go ahead and do that. But it's kind of like this, church, in our prayer life. It's, it's kind of we get stuck in that same old prayer routine, don't we, right? You know, where you're like, you're just asking God for a good day, or you're praying like, God, you know, make things well for me today, or, you know, you're praying for your food. You know, God bless this greasy cheeseburger and french fries. May it nourish my body. You're acting for, asking for a miracle right there because nothing from McDonald's is going to be nourishing your body. I promise you that. But this series, what we're going to be talking about is dangerous prayers, you know, I don't know if you remember, we did, we talked about this 
Oh, several months ago, I think, where David prayed that prayer, and he said, you know what, search me, O God, and see if there is any offensive way in me. David prayed that prayer, and so listen, that's a dangerous prayer, where you're saying, God, I want you to dig deep into me, and I want you to point out all the crazy stuff that I got in there, anything that's offensive, that's a, what we call a dangerous prayer, and today our dangerous prayer comes from the book of Acts, so if you're following along with me, if I want to turn to Acts chapter 4 is where we're going to start out this morning, and, and, and we're looking at Peter and John, and Peter and John, what they're doing is they're preaching with a great faith on the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So they're going around and they're really preaching hard about the death and resurrection of Jesus. And they were praying for miracles. And in this text in Acts chapter four, they, they were praying for this guy. The Bible says he had not walked in 40 years. So he, he was lame, he couldn't walk at all. And so what happened is Peter and John prayed for him and he was healed. And then he was able to walk. But see, the only problem was this. The religious leaders, the, the Sadducees, uh, the religious leaders of the time and the captain of the temple guard, you know, they had a problem with that church. They had a big problem. They thought that Peter and John was leading some kind of cultish movement. And, and so they had an issue with that. And so these leaders, what they did is they arrested Peter and John and they put them in prison. And so the very next day after they arrested them, they put them on trial before the Sanhedrin. If you don't know anything about biblical text, man, when you went on trial in front of the Sanhedrin, basically they all surrounded you and they would throw accusations around you. They're in a circle around you. And so they're asking them these questions, by what authority are you doing these miracles? Asked Peter and John that. And they also asked this question, in whose name are you preaching this message? Now let's pick it up in Acts chapter 4 verse 10. And here's the response. Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. And here's where it gets interesting. The man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Now that's a bold thing right there. He made a bold statement. So he's looking at these guys who are surrounding. Mind you, remember, they are arrested. Now they're on trial and they're standing here and said, you're the one that killed him. He's pointing them out. He's calling them out. And so that's bold. If you don't know what the definition of bold is, Webster's Dictionary defines bold as this, the ability to be confident, fearless, and courageous. Confident, fearless, and courageous. We live in a time now, people go, oh, that guy's bold, and they're really confusing it with rude. <laughs> you know, a lot of people say, I'm just bold. No, you're rude with some of the things that you say, right? Boldness, remember what it is. The ability to be confident, fearless, and courageous. So Peter's basically looking at these guys saying, you killed him, and God brought him back. And the reason this was so bold, not in just the fact that he accused them, you're the one that killed Jesus, this was bold because the Sadducees, if you don't know anything about biblical history, right, they did not believe in any form of bodily resurrection. So what Peter was essentially doing is he was making a declaration of war right here. He was saying, because of this boldness, here is what's going to happen. Let's pick it up in verse 14, 13. Acts chapter 4, verse 13 says this. And the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. I want to look at that for a minute. See, these guys were blown away. The religious leaders at the time, they were really blown away like, man, these guys are like, they know their stuff, and they're bold in it. See, these regular, 
unschooled, ordinary guys. They were so bold. But what's funny is because the word ordinary in the Greek is idiotes. And I don't know if you know what that means. This word can be translated as unschooled, ordinary, no special value, but it also can be translated as idiot. And so basically, they were blown away. They were amazed. And basically, they put it this way. These idiots, talking about Peter and John, they are bold. They have nothing special about them. They're idiots, but they were incredibly bold in their faith for Jesus Christ. And you know what? So suddenly... Here's a little bit of a problem. Here's an issue right here. See, the religious leaders, they were looking on, and there was this guy who couldn't walk, but now he can, so there's no denying any of that. They all knew who this dude was, and so there's obviously been a miracle, but the leaders were afraid. The religious leaders, the Sadducees and all the other religious leaders, they were afraid that Peter and John and this movement that they were representing, Christians, was going to take over. So they had to shut them down, and here's what they did, church. They threatened them. So basically they said to him, don't you ever preach about Jesus, and you stop doing these miracles in his name. However you do those miracles, you're going to stop it. You're going to stop this, and if you talk about Jesus, we will arrest you, we will beat you, and we might even execute you for doing it. Don't talk about Jesus, or you're physically going to pay. So that's what they're telling Peter and John. And so what did Peter and John do, even though... Even though they knew that they could be beaten, here's what they did, church. They prayed. The Bible says that they prayed. Before we go into this prayer, I want to tell you what they were not praying, okay? This is what they did not pray. They didn't pray like, God, keep us safe from those bad guys. They didn't pray like that. They didn't say, God, don't let anything horrible happen to us. They didn't say that. They didn't say, God, all I want is a good job and a really nice 401k. Never said that. All they didn't say, I just want to be happily married, God, and to be left alone. They didn't say, I just want to have a, a, a nice, comfortable Bible study in my church and listen to my Christian music. They didn't say this either. I just want to come to church and be comfortable. See, church, they didn't pray anything at all like that at all. Not at all. Instead, they prayed with the threat of death. They prayed a dangerous prayer. See, following Jesus was never meant to be easy or safe. I think a lot of people are confused in that. It's never meant to be easy. It's never meant to be safe. And maybe what, as we're getting ready to read this prayer here, I'm, I'm hoping and I'm praying that you will be willing to incorporate this prayer in your prayer this week. Acts chapter 4, verse 29. Now, this is what they prayed. After they said, you better stop it. You better shut it down. You better quit. Verse 29 says this. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. That's for boldness. Basically, they said, make me bold. You know, give me unshakable convictions, meaning that I won't be rattled by anything that's thrown at me. I will not be rattled by it. See, God gives us courage, church. You realize this? God gives us courage. And I love what it says in the Old Testament. It says, take courage. Do you realize you have to take courage? A lot of us, we're sitting around waiting for God to make us have courage, but he's saying, you take it. I'm offering it up. You take it. And so God, give us the courage and the faith to obey you, no matter what the personal cost. You know, God, even though it might be painful, I want you to make us bold. 
So all the religious leaders, they were amazed by their boldness. And for those of you who are followers of Jesus Christ, if you're sitting here today and you have been saved and you are a follower of Jesus Christ, listen to me. I got a question for you. How amazed are people about your boldness? I want you to think about that for a minute. Do people kind of sit back and look at you and say, wow, they're bold for the Lord? You know, on a scale one to 10, one being very low and 10 being very high, does everyone everywhere know where you stand? I'm talking about do your friends know where you stand? Do your coworkers know where you stand? Do your neighbors know where you stand? Some of you, you might be on that lower end. You know, I'm talking about you're close to like a one, two, or three, and see where you work. They have no idea who you are and who you follow because you're not being bold with it, right? You know, how many of you were people shocked? Like, oh my goodness, I didn't know you were a Christian. That's a rough place to be, church. You know, I had no idea. You know, I've been working side by side with you for many years, and I'm just now figuring out and finding out that you're a Christian. They are basically saying this, I didn't see any fruit. I didn't see any fruit, right? If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you have been saved, that means you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? And then there should be fruit, right? There should be fruit in your life. How do you tell an apple tree is an apple tree? Because it got apples on it. Here's another hard question. How do you tell an orange tree is an orange tree? Got oranges on it, right? How do you tell as a Christian, somebody is a Christian, it's by the fruits of the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. If someone can see it in you, then they know. So how many of you are on that lower end? So they're basically saying, I don't see any fruit. See, there's nothing in your life. Some of you, you might be struggling in this area right now. There is nothing in your life that ever gave any evidence that you are a disciple of the one who gave his life for you. And church, that should be concerning to you. So how amazed are people at your boldness? When they look at you and would they say, oh, no doubt you're a Christian, right? Or I like this famous line, like, there's something different about you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you noticing. (laughs) Right? That's the way it is. So let's look again at that bold prayer. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. And it goes on to say in verse 30, he says, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And verse 31 says this, after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached the word of God with boldness. With boldness, church. You may say, like, I'm not naturally a bold person. There's a lot of people. They're like, they're kind of quiet and timid. Mary and I, we kind of have, we are total opposites, me and my wife. We are complete opposites. You know, she always kind of puts it this way, like, I'm the guy I like to kick open the front door. Hey, here I am. And she's like, I'm going to hide behind you and just slide in so nobody can see me. And we're totally different in that area. My wife is so timid, she doesn't even like to order pizza on the phone. You know, we'll decide we're having pizza for supper, and I'm like, go ahead and order. And she goes, well, you order it. You're better at it. I'm like, how can you be better at ordering pizza on the phone? It's just because she's timid. She's a lot more timid than I am. And she's timid. She's more reserved. And some of you might feel that same way. You know, I'm kind of the laid-back type. You know, I don't like being very, you know, out there where everyone can see me and exposed, basically. You know, I don't like to be very public with my faith. I've heard that before. 
listen to me this morning, from a biblical sense, from a biblical sense, boldness is not a personality trait. That is not a personality trait. It's not at all. See, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you can be naturally quiet, but then suddenly you can be filled with the courage and boldness that only comes from the Holy Spirit. That's where it's at. It's not a personality trait. It comes from the Holy Spirit. It's the work of the Spirit. And I love this, church. What I love about these guys right here, Peter and John, they prayed. The Bible says they prayed. The Holy Spirit came upon them. And then the Bible says they preached with boldness. They didn't go back and, you know, put their AirPods in and and listen to their favorite pump-up song. You know, they prayed. What they did is they prayed, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they preached with boldness. And the Bible says, church, it says that they prayed specifically. You know, you got to be very careful. If you pray this dangerous prayer, God, make me bold. If you ask him, say, God, make me bold, you may see opportunities to be bold in ways that you have never experienced in your lifetime. You're going to start to see these things. It could be that you're in a conversation with someone, and then all of a sudden you feel the urge to pray for them. And that's the Holy Spirit giving you that boldness, right? You aren't even comfortable praying out loud, but yet the Holy Spirit's prompting you, saying, you pray for them right now. And listen, you take them up on it. You, you pray that prayer, you better take them up on it, right? And the next thing you know, you know you're calling heaven down on this person, right? You, you can be meeting this person and experiencing something, right? Something going on in their life because of that prayer. Maybe you're, you're with a group of people and something inappropriate's going on, right? You know, maybe gossiping, some really coarse joking. You walk away or even bolder, you say, oh, you're better than that. Our secretary, Lynn, um, <clears throat> Lynn Mays here at the church, when I was a senior, no, I was a junior in high school, she was a senior, I remember at the lunch table, Lynn was always that, she had that sweet spirit. The girl you see today, she was the same way in high school, and I remember sitting there, I was a, me and my brother, we kind of ruled the cafeteria, probably in the wrong way a little bit, but we were always doing something, and I remember I was getting ready to do something, and Lynn was sitting at the table, she goes, oh, Mark, don't, don't do that, you're better than that. If she would have yelled at me and screamed, I would have said, mind your own business. But this girl looked at me with a boldness, a very sweet spirit, and said, yeah, you're, you shouldn't do that. And it worked. I didn't do it that day. Now, the next day, it was a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother story the next day. She, I made sure I didn't sit by her anymore, right? She was convicting me. But seriously, think about it. You, you, you think about that. You're better than that. You might be bold by dressing modestly. In, in a culture where everyone else does anything but dressing modestly. You might be bold enough to say, you know, I'm not hooking up like everyone else is. It might be your thing, and I'm called to a different lifestyle. Uh, you might be saying, you know what? I'm saving myself for marriage. That's boldness, church. That's really bold. You might see someone hurting, and you tell them, you know, I- I'm-, I'm coming to bring you to church this week. There's a big difference between inviting someone and bringing someone. Big difference right there. That's bold, right? There are so many ways, church, the Holy Spirit can manifest itself through his power. And this is what happens when you ask for that boldness, when you pray, make me bold. Church, what would happen this week? Think about this. What would happen this week if you set your alarm on your phone for a certain time every single day? to remind you 
to pray, Lord, make me bold today. I'm talking about before you go to work, Lord, make me bold. If you're in school, before you go to school, Lord, make me bold. You know, wherever you go, if you pray, God, make me bold today. Do you have the courage to be bold? Seriously, church, you have the courage to pray that prayer, Lord, make me bold. See, Peter and John, in the midst of some very real persecution, they just kept on preaching. They kept on preaching, and they kept on watching God do miracles, right? And people continued to get saved. And the high priest and the religious leaders of that time, they were going to stop it because they were filled with jealousy is basically what it boils down to. So if we go over to Acts chapter 5, verse 18, we pick it up here after they've been out preaching and so many people getting saved. It says this in verse 18, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. Then he told them, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. Through that text right there, church, I want to give you three points today. The first one is this. Boldness often triggers spiritual opposition. Boldness often triggers spiritual opposition. I want to take you back to verse 18. They arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. Now, this is the second time in a week that these guys have been thrown in the clink, right? A lot of times, we as Christians, you know what we say, you know, I'm trying to live for Jesus, but things aren't going very well. I've seen that a lot with brand new believers. You know, they, they get this thing in their mind, like, you know, I've accepted Jesus and God is now on my side. By the way, he is. He is on your side, but he also still lets us go through some things. He'll let you go through some trials and tribulations, right? And so I see people saying, you know, I'm trying to live for Jesus, but things aren't going well. I had a guy tell me one time, he said, yeah, I tried that whole Jesus thing. It didn't work out well for me because things just kept getting worse. I'm like, you got to hold on, man. He will strengthen you and give you the strength that you need to make it through. So listen, serving Jesus is not a formula. It's not a formula for everything to go perfectly well in your life. That's not what it's about. Whenever you serve him faithfully, there is always going to be spiritual opposition. I promise you, if you pray, Lord, make me bold. If you pray that prayer, Lord, make me bold, he will come upon you and you will find yourself standing up in the name of Jesus. And sometimes it will not always go well for you. I'm giving you life experience right there. I've seen it and I've experienced it. You know, people will make fun of you. People will laugh at you. They'll talk behind your back. They'll make up stories about you that are not even true. Listen, you might not get invited to certain parties anymore. You might be passed over for a promotion. You might not even get hired because of your faith in Jesus Christ and your boldness. People might not let their kids hang out with your kids. Whatever it is, there's going to be spiritual opposition in your life. There definitely will be spiritual opposition. And so if you are not ready to face the opposition, then listen, you're really and truly not ready to be used by God. You're not ready for it because it's part of it. It's that dangerous prayer, make me bold. The second point is this, boldness can release God's miracles. Boldness can release God's miracles. When you live with a bold faith, you will often see the hand of God move miraculously. I mean, you'll see it. 
You will witness it. You will understand like, wow, look at God going. God's really showing off on that one, isn't he now? Right? You will see him do some amazing things. I want you to see this verse. And I hope you find this is humorous as I did. So Peter and John, they're in prison the second time, right? And I find it cool what Luke says here. Remember, Luke is reporting on this. Luke wrote the book of Acts. So at verse 18, it says, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But verse 19 is something very interesting here. It says this, but an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out, period. Period. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out, period. You know what I find very interesting here? There's no exclamation point there. You look through the Bible, there's a lot of places in the Bible you'll see exclamation points. That means, remember what that, you learned that in school, right? That's exciting. They're really just shouting it out. It's something amazing that happened here. But here is Luke just writing this. He just, yeah, an angel of the Lord came and got him out. It's a miracle. It's a miracle, right? It's not excitement. You know, you ain't gonna believe what's happening next. You know, he doesn't say it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. He's just, man, it's just, yeah, it happened. He's used to seeing it. He's used to experiencing and seeing miracles. You know, there was no, hey, listen, man, there was this, we were in jail and a 10-foot tall angel comes rolling in. Imagine if this happened to you today. You're sitting in jail, a 10-foot angel comes rolling in there, and he gets you out of jail, right? Man, you would be snapping pictures with your iPhone. You'd be posting on social media like, look at this, you know, hashtag angel wings, whatever you want to put with that. You would be so excited about what is happening there. This is amazing. But Luke just says they were praying, they were preaching, they were in prison, and an angel of the Lord came and opened up the prison. So in other words, when you're walking in obedience to God, you're not surprised by the miracles of God. You're not surprised by it. There's another one. Check that out. Wow, can you believe that? He did it again. Suddenly, you'll see the power of God in your life. Church, God is so faithful. Even when you're not faithful, he's still faithful to you. God is so faithful. And when you start praying, make me bold. And the next thing you know that you are bold, right? And suddenly see, you'll see the power of God working in your life in ways that you maybe never did before. You'll see his hand in it. You may pray out loud for the first time, and you don't even know how to pray. You just felt the, the power of the Lord told you to pray about it. You know, you're nervous, but suddenly you're praying with faith. I mean, those prayers are like coming from somewhere because they are. Have you ever prayed something? You're like, whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit working. Church, every single Sunday when I pray before I preach, I'm telling you, there's no truer prayer that comes out of my mouth on a Sunday morning when I say, God, give me the words you want me to speak because I'm counting on him. I'm counting on him. Because see, maybe you're talking to someone specific and a verse pops up in your head. And you're like, man, I didn't even realize I knew that verse. And you share that verse, and then that person's like, man, you aren't going to believe this, but I just read that verse earlier today. Man, that must have been for me. That's God's hand working. You don't even know where it came from. You won't be surprised, though, church. When you pray that prayer, make me bold, you will not be surprised by the miracles of God when you are walking in obedience to God. You won't be surprised at all. Bold obedience often triggers the faithfulness of God. Lord, make me bold. The third thing 
And I hope that you already know this because I've preached this a hundred times. The third thing is this, boldness requires faith. Boldness requires faith. It always, always, always requires faith. If you pray, Lord, make me bold, then you're going to have to live by faith in a way that you haven't for a long time. You're going to have to live by faith in that. So the angel busts them out of prison, right? Peter and John, they're in prison. The angel busts them out of prison. And then the angel says to Peter and John in verse 20 and 21, he says this, now go to the temple and give the people this message of life. Angel said that. So in verse 21, so at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told and immediately began teaching. When the high priest and his officials arrived, they convened the high council, the full assembly of the elders of Israel. They sent for the apostles to be brought from the jail for trial. So listen, remember the Sadducees and all them, when the Sanhedrin, when they stood there on trial, said, don't you dare be preaching like that anymore. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to see no miracles. You guys knock it off right now or else you could be thrown in prison. You can be beaten and we might even kill you, right? But yet what did they do? They went right to the temple. They went right to the temple. They weren't hiding in the basement. They weren't sneaking around in an alley. They went straight to where they would be found out immediately and they began to teach this message of life, which is Jesus Christ. And what did the angel tell him? He said, go do the very same thing that you've already been arrested for twice. Go keep doing that, that thing, right? The thing that may get you killed. You know, I know they warned you, but you go do it anyways. Church, this is always going to take faith. It's going to take faith to do what God has called you to do. So you pray, make me bold. And when you pray, make me bold, you watch the Holy Spirit prompt you to do something that takes faith. In 2004, when I had my other, um, my other job, my other career, I had a really, really hard time at work. I didn't work for six months straight, no pay. It, that's a whole other sermon why that happened. And the only reason I remember the year is because they accidentally gave me a, a T-shirt when I came back. It said, 2004 Coca-Cola Perfect Attendance. And I kept that T-shirt. <laughs> I love that shirt. But anyways, I, I was going through a really rough, rough time. And my sons, they went to the Christian school. And I remember we were at some church out in Calcutta. And, and we were there for some program. They were practicing or something. And this guy came up to me. And he came up to me and he said, he's been coming to church a little bit. I don't know if he's here now. I ain't going to say his name because I don't want to embarrass him. But he said, the Lord told me to pray for you. Can I go pray for you right now? No idea what was going on in my life. And so he took me behind the stage, and he started praying for me. I just remember crying and sobbing, and, and he said, please don't think I'm crazy, but God told me to pray for you. And I'm like, man, you have no idea what I'm going through. And listen, that guy prayed that prayer for me. I can't even tell you what the prayer was. He showed up to church here just not too long ago, and I said, hey, I want to tell you something. I don't know if you remember this or not, but you prayed for me a long time ago, and I was going through something hard. He said, I actually remember it. I told him, I said, I want to thank you now because what you did, it changed the trajectory of my life. With boldness, he came to me and said, I want to pray for you. I don't know what's going on exactly, but I want to pray for you. 
With boldness, church, he came to me, not knowing what my response was going to be, not knowing what was going to happen next. With boldness, he came and said, I'm going to pray for you if you allow me. And he changed the trajectory of my life. He really did because he was being bold. Church, you might never know what God will set in motion through an act of obedience. You will never know the life that you can change with the boldness that you have asked God to give you. You might never know the lives that might be saved when you pray that prayer, Lord, make me bold. So as I ask the praise team to come up here this morning, I want you to know there's some good news in this story about Peter and John. There's some good news here. Peter and John, they were like, they're bold guys, right? We'll call them mega bold because, <laughs> I mean, they kept telling them, we're going to throw you in the jail, and they kept going back and doing it again. They were mega bold. They served Jesus faithfully. And do you know how God rewarded them? Do you know how God blessed them? A lot of people, they, they like that fairy tale ending. We live in a society, we always want the fairy tale ending, right? And so, you know, oh, they fell in love with these women. They had perfect weddings at Jerusalem Chapel. You know, they took wonderful photos, right? They took their brides to Jamaica. They came back, started a consulting business together. They made tons of money. They retired very successful, and they helped raise their grandkids and lived happily ever after. That's the stories we like to hear, right? Because, hey, they were boldly obedient to Jesus Christ. Life should have got better. Well, let me tell you what happened to Peter and John. The guys who prayed for boldness, the guys who prayed for boldness and they were bold for Jesus Christ. John was arrested and he was dipped in boiling oil. And this was designed to kill him, but it didn't at all. And, and after his torture was done and he was still alive, what they did is they exiled him to the island of Patmos where he spent the rest of his life alone. Imagine this church. Peter, he was martyred in Rome. If you don't know what martyred means, it means you die for your faith. It means you're, I ain't backing down. This is what I believe. You kill me if you want to. He was martyred in Rome. And tradition tells us when they went to crucify him, as Jesus himself was crucified, he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified like him. Would you crucify me upside down? Church, that was the rewards for being bold on this earth but see there's an eternal reward they were obedient to God no matter what the opposition was they were obedient to him no matter what people said about them no matter how much they made fun of them no matter the threats that came against them they're like man I've got to preach this I prayed for boldness and God has given it to me. So I've got to go out and I've got to be obedient to what my heavenly father has called me to. In church, I want to ask you this morning, do you want God to make you bold? Because he's calling for us all to be bold. And he will reward you. You might not receive that reward here on earth, but you better believe that you will get that reward in heaven. See, what would happen if you prayed today, God, make me bold? What is it that God would do in your life today? What, what, what would that mean for you? What would God do through you? Maybe you would be a different person at work. That you would take what you experienced here on Sunday morning and say, I'm transferring that. You know, that I, I'm not only going to live that way on Sunday morning, I'm going to live that way Monday through Saturday. Maybe if God called for you, 
to pray that prayer and Lord, make me bold. Men, listen to me this morning. Maybe you would be a different leader in your house. That you would lead your family. That you would lead them. This is the way we're going. As for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. So I ask you this morning, how many of you want God to make you bold? One of the boldest things that you can do is walk away from your old life knowing that you need a savior, knowing that you can no longer do this alone and God is calling you out right now saying to you, I wanna give you a different life and you know that you want that different life, but it's gonna take some boldness on your part to stand up and to make that walk. There'll be some people down here, if you feel God's calling you out to a brand new life, that you wanna give your life to Jesus Christ, let today be the day, don't you wait any longer. Nobody's promised tomorrow. You come forward. You admit Jesus is who he says he is. He's the son of the living God. And he died for your sins and he was resurrected on the third day. And he wants to make that change in your life. So if that's for you, I'm gonna encourage you to come forward. All the rest of you believers who are sitting here today, I seriously, I want you to take that scale. I gave you one through 10. How bold are you being? 10 being, I'm bold. One being like barely no one would probably even know that I'm a Christian. It's time for us to change the way that we are going in our lives. It's time for us to ask God for a boldness that we've never had before. So how about it, church? Let's stand again and let's sing. But I want to encourage you to respond this morning.